Hello and welcome to the Mountain Brook Baptist Project 119 Bible Reading Plan Podcast. I'm Mary and it's my pleasure on this Friday, December 1st, to welcome another Mary to the podcast. Today, Mary Watkins will be reading for us. She and her husband, Jim, have been members of Mountain Brook Baptist for some 37-ish years. And Mary is a teacher in the Rehoboth class and has many other ways that she contributes to the life of Mount Brook Baptist. I can't wait to talk with her more about this at the end of the podcast. Thank you, Mary, for joining us today. Mary, thank you for inviting me this morning, and I really appreciate the opportunity. Our first reading is Mark 15, starting at 33. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over all the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the Younger and of Josie and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him, and there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph brought a linen shroud, and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of stone. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. And now let's turn to the Psalms. Our psalm today is Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring, mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness benefits your house, O Lord, forevermore. 
Thank you so much, Mary, for joining the podcast and for reading so beautifully for us. I want to hear a little bit more about you. Tell me about your family and maybe where you grew up. I have family in Birmingham that's extended family, as well as my nuclear family, which is my husband, and he is uh, undergoing treatment for cancer right now. And I have two grandsons and two granddaughters, and they are the joy of my life. I have a son and a daughter that are very supportive and very loving and a great daughter-in-law. We're just real fortunate in that way. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Oneonta, Alabama, which is about 30 miles northeast of Birmingham. I lived there until I went to college. And then after my husband got to a certain point in his business life, we moved back. And that's where two of my children grew up. And the third one, we moved to Mountain Brook, and he grew up in Mountain Brook. Now, wait a minute. I want to hear the story of how you and Mr. Jim got to know each other. It was a blind date. A blind date? A blind date in college. And he liked me because... He said I was the thinnest short girl he knew. (laughs) And at that point in time, I really was thin. After he wooed you with this wonderful compliment, then what happened? Well, we got married. And um, then he graduated. And then we moved around for a little bit. He got a job um, selling. He has always sold whatever. The man can talk to a rock. And he remembers practically everybody he ever met and this, what they said and all their stories. He's, he has the good characteristics for a salesman. He sold a lot of different things in his life, and we've just kind of moved around. But then we settled in Aniana, and we lived there 16 years before we moved back to Birmingham, I should say, because we had lived in Birmingham twice before. You mentioned Jim having cancer Would you share a little bit about his story and how you guys have seen the Lord at work in your midst? Jim was in the hospital and having a hip replacement when a lump on his back was discovered. And then he has been through surgery and radiation and chemotherapy at UAB. And then... They ran out of things to try. So in early 2022, he literally prayed and said, Lord, what else can I do? And he was looking through the Internet and found the N.D. Anderson website. And he had been there before, but he had never seen the hyperlink for making an appointment. And he just clicked it and filled it out. And they called literally the next day. And from that point on, we have been going to MD Anderson for the last two years. They decided to do surgery, which was doubtful at that time. And the surgeon got clear margins at that time. So we've had a year. Unfortunately, it's come back. And so we're now waiting for the doctors to decide what, if anything else, can be done. But in all of this... You know, we we lean on the Lord and we say, you know, what's next? What are we supposed to do today, Lord? And try not to look too high, far ahead. Uh, and that's that's what 
we're doing at this point in time. Thank you for sharing that. I want to know about your faith a little more. Did someone along the way invest in you, and how did you come to faith in Christ? Well, when I was growing up, I was at the church every Sunday in vacation Bible school with the Kool-Aid and cookies. And we had a pastor, his name was Brother Beasley, and he was a very sweet man that would come and talk to the children in vacation Bible school. And when I was eight, I, I said, you know, that I, I believe in Jesus and I want to follow him. And so I was baptized by Brother Beasley. I also had a really good GA teacher. Her name was Miss Smith. And she taught me a lot about what it's like to be a Christian. Tell us a little bit about different ways that you are working alongside in the ministry here. For many years both in Aniana and in Mountain Brook, I have helped with Vacation Bible School in one position or another. I have helped with different committees over a period of time. I'm currently a deacon. I teach Sunday school every third Sunday. I'm on the International Unreached Mission Committee. And most people don't have any idea what that means, but that really means missions that we partner with that are in areas of the world that are hostile to Christianity, to Jesus. One of the mission partners that really needs our prayers right now is the Arab Baptist Theological Seminary, and it's located in Beirut, Lebanon. Lebanon is one of the few countries in the Middle East that allows any sort of Christian teaching or preaching. They use their seminary to bring in students from all over the Middle East. They also are beginning to use the online classes that they have to reach people that cannot actually get to Beirut. As we know right now, that is a very unsettled part of the world, and they especially need our prayers to stay safe and for their students all over the Middle East to stay safe. Mary, share a little bit more about your Sunday school class. Our class name is the Rehoboth class, and it took me a while to learn to say that. Our class is about 40 people, and we have anywhere from 25 to 30 plus. We are an older group. When I, we first, when my husband and I first joined the Rehoboth class, we were young marrieds. And now we are one of the oldest classes in the church. But we all love each other in a very special way. And we're all concerned about each other. And we all care. And we're all happy to see each other. And recently, one of our class members decided we needed to have a lunch on a regular basis. And so he has planned that, and it has really helped our class to get to know each other a little bit better. The only problem with that is now we have a very hard time getting the lesson started on Sunday morning because <laughs> everybody's fisting each other. The last lesson that I taught was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
And there he had his closest disciples, his closest friends with him. And, of course, we know they couldn't stay awake. And he tried three times. But in that lesson, it was obvious to me that he was facing a death that was alone and in pain. And today, when we read obituaries, we read, they died peacefully with family. Jesus knew that he was not going to die that way. When he left the garden, he said, it's time. And he stepped out into a world of sin and pain and rejection for us. And we owe him all of our love and faithfulness. Mary, do you have a favorite scripture that you might share with us? I like Philippians 4.13. It was very helpful to me during a period of time when my family was having some severe health problems. I had one family member in one hospital in ICU and another family member in another hospital in ICU. And when I would walk out of church there was a sign that said this verse every Sunday, and it sometimes was all I could remember, but it got me through. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. When we were doing book study together, one of the books that Anne Lamont wrote was Wow, Help, and Thanks. And every time I think about prayer, I think how often that that is really the essence of prayer, is wow, you know, the, the world and everything is so wow. And thank you. There is so much to be thankful for. If we would just look around and, and start thinking about all the things we are thankful for and help. I think that was actually the third one was help. And there are times in my life that the only way I can get through it is with God's help. On that note, would you end our time together with prayer? Yes. Father, first I want to say, wow, for all that I look and see and all that that you have given me and us, and then thank you. Thank you for each and everything that we do have. And thank you for giving us these these gifts that you have given us. And then help. Lord, help each of us to do as you would have us to do. Help those that are in harm's way. Help them to stay safe in this very perilous time. We have so many mission partners around the world that are in danger. Keep them safe. Keep their families safe. Keep their mission safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.